Hi, this is Tony Campolo. The name of this show is From Across the Pond. We're here every week at this time. I am Tony Campolo. The other guy on the show with me is Shane Claiborne. Uh, We broadcast from uh, St. David's, Pennsylvania, which is the location from which we got our education. We went to Eastern University. I am a graduate of the school. Shane is a graduate of the school. Eastern is an evangelical school. We're almost afraid to use that word evangelical these days. It's a red-letter Christian school. We ought to start saying it's a red-letter Christian school. And we advocate red-letter Christianity. You say, what's red-letter Christianity? You know, some of the Bibles have the words of Jesus highlighted in red. And we're saying in this day and age, when the word evangelical is often associated with right-wing politics, when you say you're an evangelical here in the United States, people look at you and say, oh, then you're a strong supporter of Donald Trump and the policies of the religious right. Mm. We're saying not necessarily. There's a lot of good things that are being done and said by the religious right. There are a lot of things we don't agree with. We're not advocates of war. We're not advocates of capital punishment. We do want to save the environment. We are against racism. There are a lot of things that we... Mm. we're We're for equality of women and men. Uh, We are uh, for an end of uh, uh, sexual abuse. We are are for ending the uh, desecration of the climate, uh, which is occurring these days. We are for so many things uh, that the right wing uh, of the Republican Party is not for. So uh, Redditor Christians say, we take our orders from Jesus. We want to go to the radical teachings of Jesus. If you don't think Jesus is radical, you haven't read the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, I'm not as radical as Jesus. Mm. Whenever I sign a book, I always sign it, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Not as though I've already arrived, not as though I'm already there, but I'm still pressing towards that mark. Mm. I'm still on my way to becoming. I'm saved. My salvation is dependent on what Jesus has done for me. But if you say, are you a Christian? If you ask, are you a Christian? I say with Soren Kierkegaard, if you mean by Christian, what the New Testament defines a Christian to be, who then is Christian? Mm. In any generation, said Søren Kierkegaard, the Danish theologian philosopher of a bygone century, in any given, given uh, century, there, there might be five or six, <laughs> that most of us are trying to be Christian, trying to be conformed to the image of likeness of Christ. I'm on my way. I'm not there yet. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, said that it is possible to achieve Christ-likeness. It's possible. The Holy Spirit is available to help you on your journey. But at the end of his life, he said, but I've never achieved that. I've preached that we should press towards that. We should become Christ-like, but I'm not there. I have not become completely holy. The holiness movement says you can become holy. Well, uh, I hope you do try to become holy. But even if you don't become as holy as you think the Scripture is calling you to be, don't give up. Uh, Jesus uh, loves you in spite of your failures, your shortcomings, your inadequacies. I I find that there are some people who don't want to commit themselves to being Christians simply because they don't think they can live up to everything that Jesus wants us to be. Here's the good news. You don't have to live up to what Jesus wants you to be. But you have to be committed to going on a journey in that direction. You have to say, Lord, every day in every way I know, 
I'm going to try to become more and more like you want me to be. Uh, I, I used to sing a song in our Baptist church. I'm Baptist, you know. Uh, my wife says the difference between a Baptist like my husband and a terrorist is you can negotiate with a terrorist. <laughs> be this as it may, I'm a Baptist. And we used to sing a song, uh, earthly pleasures vainly call me. Mm. I would be like Jesus. I wish I could say that was true of me. They don't always vainly call me. Too often I give in and go the way of earthly pleasures, but I'm trying to be better. With the power of the Holy Spirit, I hope I'm making progress. Brothers and sisters, says the scripture, it doth not yet appear what I shall be, but one day I will be like him. One day when I see him, I will be like him. I'm on my way. So what we ask you to do on this show is to join Shane and, and Tony Campolo, Shane Claiborne and Tony Campolo, as we strive more and more through the power of the Holy Spirit in us and through us to become more and more Christian people. I had a, a pastor friend that was giving the children sermon. They're asking the kids what they want to be when they grow up. And uh, the kids are, you know, I want to be a doctor, police officer, scientist. And one goes, I want to be a saint. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah, yeah, want to be a saint. That's what we're going at. I'm always yeah. intrigued with what children say in children's <laughs> You know, I don't know whether on the United Kingdom they have these children's talks. Very often here in the United States, in the middle of a church worship service, the minister will come out from the platform, sit down on the steps leading up to the, uh, to the pulpit, and say, boys and girls, would you all come forward? And all the parents smile benevolently as the little kitties come down and surround the pastor, and he gives them a little talk mm. called a children's sermon. And uh, uh, one of my friends out on the West Coast said, boys, said, I was given this children's sermon. I said, boys and girls, what's this big? And he held his hands about a foot apart. What's this big has a long furry tail and climbs trees. There was dead silence. And one kid said, I know I'm supposed to say Jesus, but it sounds like a squirrel to me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this actually happened in a place where I was. A minister was given one of these children's talks and says, boys and girls, what do you have to do to go to heaven? And this one kid yelled, die, die. <laughs> You can't argue with that, can you? Mm. So there you go. But uh, here we are, and the name of this show is From Across the Pond. We promote Red Letter Christianity, and we call you to go to our website, find out about Red Letter Christianity. There are a host of articles. There's a host of podcasts. Just go up to the radio show and log on to Across the Pond. There's podcasts for years gone by, and you can Tune into them and catch up on what we've said in days gone by and realize how we've changed. You know, we do change. I heard somebody say to me not too long ago, Cam Paula, what you said today in your sermon was the reverse of what you said 23 years ago when I heard you at First Presbyterian Church in Long Beach, California. And I said to that lady, I said, lady, if you can't grow in your understanding of Scripture in 23 years, there's something wrong with you. Uh, the idea that you can never change is horrible. Mm. I hope that the Holy Spirit helps me to see new things and new insights, new truths in scriptures every day. Do you want to comment on that? I like that uh, scripture. It says we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, right? That it's yeah. something that uh, it's not, a, not about a moment, but about a movement uh, of the Spirit in us that's uh, kind of molding us into who we're meant to be. So, yeah, I was uh, thinking about... Uh, 
you know, this, this, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary at the Simple Way. And, you know, tell we, us about we, what the Simple look, Way we, is. We look pretty different 20 years later than we did, you know, when we were we, we, in the 1900s. <laughs> 19, what? The Simple Way. What is it? How did it so get started? We, when we, when we, I was here at Eastern and, uh, of course, you know, studying sociology with you and, uh, we, we had our uh, just caught this fire in our bones for justice and and uh, uh, we were inspired by the early church and the book of Acts and so a bunch of my college friends and I we um, you know saw that that group of the, the early Christians it said that they shared everything they had no one claimed their possessions as their own so we pulled our money together and we bought a little house um, on the north side of Philadelphia and in a pretty bad neighborhood it's uh, it's got its good and got its bad. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's interesting because it's economically it's struggling, uh, but uh, community the community is rich. I mean, yeah. like everywhere uh, we go, you know, we know everybody. So we built this little village together, and we really just kind of found our our way there. But we we moved in in nineteen twenty years ago, um, January ninth, nineteen ninety eight, and. Uh, and we, we all lived in one house, and then we started moving into other abandoned houses and planting gardens and painting murals. And now, 20 years into it, we've, we've got, you know, about a dozen properties on the same block. We've got uh, a greenhouse and gardens. We're building a community center with some friends of ours and uh, um, got chickens and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. But we, what's really cool, Tony, is we've got young people that I knew, you know, when they were in diapers that have now, you know, graduated from Eastern and have uh, have gone to college and they're on our board of directors or leading everything. One of the young guys that that I watched grow up, he makes more money than I do. And I'm like, you gotta, you gotta support the family now, man. This is uh, (laughs) your deal. So, um, yeah, I'm, it's, it's been a fun, fun 20 years. And, uh, I, I think what, what we found is like, we had a, this vision, you know, that was sparked by Jesus for the kingdom of God, for to, to, to see poverty end and, and, and to stand against war, to, to, uh, you know, live for the day that people aren't sleeping in cardboard boxes and things like that. And so we set out, but we really felt like you gotta, you gotta have a, place that you start with you know and we we, cho- we we chose potter street the little street that i've lived on for 20 years now and that's been a i like how clarence jordan who he was a part of a community down in georgia and he said these little communities are demonstration plots for the kingdom yeah we're to give people a little taste of what the kingdom of god yeah. is about and at our best that's what we've been trying to do over the last two decades the apostle paul uh, speaks one place of the church being god's showpiece Harvey Cox, who's on the faculty at Harvard University and teaches uh, religion and culture over, over at Harvard, mm-hmm. has said that uh, in the end, a church is God's Nova Hutta. That's a Polish word, Nova Hutta. Mm. So what does that mean? It means new city. At the end of World War II, when the communists took over in Poland, they wanted to convince the Polish people that communism was the way in which they should go. They were wrong about that, but their plan was an interesting one. We can't, we can't get them all to read uh, the Communist Manifesto, mm. or we can't get them to read a Das Kapital. Here's what we'll do. We'll create a new city. That's what Nova Hatta means, new city. Mm. We'll create a new city. There'll be perfect housing. Uh, there'll be parks, good schools. Everything will be perfect in Nova Hatta. And only people who are ideologically, i.e. pure communists, will be allowed to live there. Mm. 
And the point was this. You want to know what communism is all about? Look at this city. Look at this little city, this new city, Novohata. What you see there is what we plan for all of Poland someday. Mm. Needless to say, it didn't work out. Incidentally, the great Polish revolution that brought down the Iron Curtain uh, was born in Novohata, mm. who said the kind of place that people can create won't really pull it off. Yeah. And the Pope eventually came to Novohata and said, you need a new city. But the new city has to be created, not through communism, but by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I have come in the name of the church mm. uh, to help this city mm. become the city of God. Well, mm. uh, this is what the church should be. People should be able to look at a group of Christians living together, working together, sharing their money, sharing their problems. In the words of Galatians, the sixth chapter, bearing one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, that is what it says there, living together in that kind of community and say, oh, so that's what Christianity is all about. Mm. It's not simply a theology. It's a community of Christians who love one another. Uh, the early church didn't go around and say, you want to become a Christian? Here's what you should do. Read this book. <laughs> they didn't say that. They I said, mean, yeah. come and look at us. And the people looked and said, Christians, Behold how they love one another, mm. how they share with one another, how they bear one another's burdens. We want to become part of that kind of community, that kind of movement. Yeah, I mean, that's really what we were seeking out. You know, we've been seeking to do for those uh, two decades. And, and I think, you know, when you think of uh, Jesus saying, they'll know you're Christians by your love. You look at all these images of, the key, of, of what it looks like to be Christian. You're to be salt. You're to be light. You know, you're to live like kind of in contrast to the world that we live in. And uh, the more we looked at the early church, that's exactly what people were saying. They were, they were uh, people called them uh, all kinds of names. You know, they called them atheists because they didn't believe in the, uh, the, the Roman emperor as, as the savior of the world, you know. <laughs> they didn't believe in the idols that were in the temples yeah. in every city in the empire. They called them uh, cannibals because they, uh, you know, had this strange thing with eating the body and drinking the blood of Jesus. They called them, uh, uh, one of my favorites was they, they called them incestuous because they called each other brother and sister indiscriminately. And, and uh, Tertullian, one of the early Christians, he said, no, 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 you got it wrong. We share everything in common except for our spouses. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Everything else we yeah. share. But yeah. so, I mean, that, that, that was, you know, a big part of our inspiration. And I mean, I, I am so encouraged now because um, there, there's, there's all kinds of creative expressions of community and church that are out there. There's powerful movements um, that, uh, I mean, I can remember when I wrote my first book, uh, The Irresistible Revolution, when I wrote that, the publisher said, well, we're not really sure about this because um, Christian books about justice don't real people aren't really interested in reading a book that makes them feel guilty, and um, we're not sure it's going to do good, you know. And now, what's incredible is we we've got folks that are Christians writing books on immigration, that are writing books about race and mass incarceration, all these things because. Uh, I, I, I'm more convinced than ever before that if we continue to lose young people in the church, it won't be because we didn't 
entertain them with great music and goofy games at youth group, but it'll be because we didn't really dare them to take the words of Jesus seriously and, and to say, what does this mean for the world we live in? Because I, I think young people are very aware that the world that we've been handed is really fragile and they want to do something that makes a difference in the world. And uh, if, if we just keep telling them that this is about heaven, then uh, they're going to they're, they're gonna give up and do, go to Peace Corps or do something else to do something meaningful sure. in the world. Uh, you know, uh, here at Eastern University, we're... I continue to teach a little bit, and you do a little bit of that, too. And uh, where we got our education, uh, there is a very, very well-known writer and theologian, Ron Sider. And he wrote a book called Rich Christians in an Age of Hunger, Mm. in which he called people to radically live out the commandments of Jesus concerning what to do with our money. Mm -hmm. If any man would be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Uh, basically, we're to give our money to help the poor and the oppressed of the world. Uh, it says that very clearly uh, in, in the red letters of the Bible. That's why we call ourselves red-letter Christians. And when he started preaching that stuff, that we, we who have so much should ask ourselves, is this right? That we should, that here in the United States, we've got a problem with people being overweight. Mm-hmm. When throughout the world, people are starving together, starving to death, being nothing more than skin and bones. Is this right that some people should be overfed and other people are underfed, that some people should have vast wealth while other people don't have enough to survive? Is this right? And uh, the thing is that they began to call him a guilt manipulator. Uh, uh, There's actually a book written against him called uh, Guilt Manipulators, listing him as Mm. as a prime candidate as a, and I, I had to say to somebody who was attacking Ron, I said, you're right. He does create feelings of guilt. But guilt is a healthy reaction to sin. Hmm. When somebody sins and feels no guilt, that person is psychologically and morally sick. Hmm. To sin and not feel guilt is to be morally diseased. Hmm. All I'm saying is this. I'm saying that there is a place for guilt that people who have much while other people have nothing ought to feel guilty. Mm. And in response to that guilt, they ought to repent. That's what guilt should do. It should drive us to our knees in repentance. Yeah, and in that repentance, give our wealth to help the needs of others. Now, I think there's, a, there's a difference between guilt and shame, isn't there? Yeah. I think shame is when we let guilt have the last word yeah. and we just get paralyzed by where we are. And I think like guilt is a good initial response but then it needs to lead us to make some changes right so that that uh, we 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 live differently and then we feel you know we live guilt-free because we we begin to feel feel the experience of uh sharing and how much uh, how beautiful that is so that's a good word uh, let me ask we should you pause actually and uh, we got we got going wild there yeah, and we did that, hey thanks for joining us if you're just tuning in uh, uh this is shane claiborne and tony campolo and our show is from across the pond here on the other side of uh the ocean we're um on every week at this time we're talking about jesus and the way of jesus in the world today what does it look like to really follow after jesus and uh um uh, you, you can find out more information on our website, redletterchristians.org, but we'll uh, dive back into it here. We've got a few minutes left to, 
Uh, we're talking like uh, about what we see. Uh, we just counted our 20th anniversary of our ministry here in Philadelphia at the Simple Way, and the the world's a lot different than it was 20 years ago. I think there's. The, I've heard you say before, Tony. It's kind of like the wheat and the weeds are all growing together, the good and the bad. And yeah. there's a whole lot of bad out there, but there's a whole lot of good too. That's right. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, some of the th- weird things you're doing. I understand you got fish ponds in the basement of these row houses. <laughs> you got chickens out in your backyard. Uh, you, you're doing all k- kinds of strange things. Gardens. I, was telling, I was telling Tony on the way over here, it got really cold in Philly uh, during the winter here, and uh, we had to bring the chickens inside. And chickens were <laughs> never meant to be inside animals, I now know. But, uh, yeah. I mean, we've been... Hey, hey. They, Jesus was born in a manger surrounded by animals. And it's Christmas season. You were just trying to do a little yeah, Jesus thing well, he would thing have felt there. right at home yeah, in our house. Yeah, let me tell you. Uh, but, um, yeah, one of my neighbors, I think, had the best articulation of what we're trying to do. She's an older woman. And she said, I get what we're doing. I said, what? And she said, we're trying to bring the Garden of Eden to North Philadelphia. There you go. And so, we, yeah, we've been planting gardens. We're growing food. And, um but more than anything, I think we're trying to build a little village that gives people a glimpse of, of what uh, God's kingdom can look like. So we got young and old, all different ethnicities, all just trying to, to um, love one another and also to live in a way that points to Jesus. And I, I think that's what our, our lives are meant to do. That's what our churches or communities are meant to do is to to live in a way that fascinates people with the love of God and 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 uh, that's what the early church was doing so on good days I guess that's what we've done we've been able to say hey everything that we do here is is because we have a God that is so good and it's um, not about how good we are but about how good God is one of the best examples of a loving community that's been created in this otherwise decrepit otherwise would have been a decrepit community uh, community uh, area is you've created a real sense of community, and that became evident when a few years back you got married. Uh, you uh, got married, and Katie and the two of you decided to get married in what was a deserted old cathedral that has been fixed up and made quite beautiful. You got married in that building, but then you had a wedding reception out in the middle of the street, yeah. and it was pouring rain. And your neighbors and everybody's out there <laughs> dancing in the rain and singing and having a great time. I mean, that's the kingdom of God, man. That's what Jesus we wants. Got a, we got a double rainbow on our wedding day. <laughs> yeah. and I, apparently, you can't have a rainbow without rain. So uh, we, we had to wait through the storm, didn't there we? You but go. it was beautiful. Yeah, it's been, uh, I can't, I couldn't be more grateful for uh, the, the support that we've had from you and so many people, Tony, over the years. So. Um, yeah, if you want to connect to some of our local work, our, our website's uh, thesimpleway.org, The Simple Way. And where that name came from was uh, inspired by Mother Teresa. You know, Mother Teresa, she had a few things to say about uh, uh, that, that are so wonderful that inspired us. One of them is she used to say, following Jesus is simple, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, and so and that, was... that kind of inspired us. You know, we said, let's take the simple way, you know. And one of the great sayings of those uh, who are trying to be Christian in this manner is a simple line, live simply that others might simply live. Mm. If each of us cut back our lifestyle a little bit and use the surplus that otherwise would have been spent on self Mm. to meet the needs of others, what a difference we would make 
in the world in which we live. Yeah. Well, you and I get going and preaching at each other. Yeah. The, the, the other, uh, the last thing I'll, I'll leave too is that we've got this little plaque above our door that we had for years. It was, uh, it was another Mother Teresa line. And um, she said, what's important is not how much we do, but how much love we put into doing it. And she mm-hmm. said, uh, uh, what we need to concentrate on is doing small things with great love. So above our door, the simple way for years and years, it said, today, let's do small things with great love or not even answer the door. So maybe that's an invitation to you all as we kind of close out today is to do small things with great love, not worrying about how much you do, but how much love you put into doing it. So thanks for joining our show boy time goes quick we we, when you're having uh, fun we got a whole minute to say (laughs) the name of the show is from across the pond we promote red letter christianity and if you want to know what that's all about go to our website redletterchristians.org we take jesus seriously we call ourselves red letter christians because some of the old bibles have the words of jesus the teachings of jesus highlighted in red letters And we're committed to living out the teachings of Jesus. You say, that's what I'm into. I'm not sure about all the theology and all the churchianity that I see in the world, but I do want to be a follower of Jesus. That's what Jesus called me to do, to be his follower. Mm. Uh, So I'm going to live by the red letter. Fine. Sign on so that you can be part of this network of of red letter Christians that reaches around the world. Uh, I hope you come back next week and listen to this show. And you can go to our podcast. Every one of these radio shows is turned into a podcast. And uh, you can catch this show and earlier shows by going to redletterchristians.org. And we're down to four, (laughs) three, two, one. Blessings on you out there. Blessings on you.